Welcome to Quit Bleeping Around, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve more in life. Here's your host, Christina Eanes. Hey, super achievers. For this episode, I'm interviewing Marcus Hunter Neal, also known as Lady Portia DiMonte. Marcus hails from Belfast, Northern Ireland, and works mostly in corporate leadership and personal development. He is co-host of the Dating is Such a Drag podcast, pun intended, and has done a TEDx talk as Lady P titled, The Little Drag That Could. Welcome, Marcus. Thank you for joining us today. Hello, my goodness. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to hear what you have to share. So before we start, can you share a little bit of your story or your background with our listeners? Surely. Well, it was a mild Wednesday morning. <laughs> the sun was spitting through the trees and my mother held a pang. <laughs> um, yeah, so I have, uh, so, you know, it's great. I love doing stuff like this because my my background and my journey is so abstract to have got me to where I am. I've had to ebb and flow with everything in life. Um, I am really severely dyslexic. So I really struggle to read, write and spell, but I've always had the power of communication and I've always had a personality that I have been able to wing my way into situations and then figure out how it all works in the background. So I went to... Uh, um, uh, I went to a real hippy dippy school. First of all, a German school where they were all about creativity and and everything. Oh wow! And then they wanted us. Then they discovered that I had dyslexia, and the school structure didn't cater for it. Because what they did was they they filled you full of um, imagination and idea. It's the Steiner way of education, and then they cram in academia. But when they figured out that I had dyslexia and their way of teaching was academia second, they realised I had to go back into regular school. So I went into back into a regular like sort of mainstream school, which was um, a wonderful primary school. Gave me the best grounding ever. The two teachers were were so awesome, and they could see in me that you know there was a bit of a you know. A show person and they got me to audition for the school play. I didn't think I could audition for the school play because I couldn't read. I knew that I would love to be on stage, but I just knew that I'd had, have to learn lines. They said, audition for it. And if you get it, we'll make your lines the homework. And they did. And Aww. even whenever I left school and I did performing arts, they would come to every show. They would come to every play I've been in. And during Aww. the lockdown, I did Zoom drag bingos. <laughs> and they, they, they patched in on those as well. So they did. So whenever I left school, so I had a terrible time um, at school because I am, I've always been this flamboyantly fabulous. I've always been so incredibly secure in my own skin that I've never not been myself. So I've never been on a journey to find or discover myself. This is what I was like at seven. This is what I was like, possibly not between the ages of like, 12 to 15 because it, I, I was it was beaten out of me but then whenever I Aww. left school 
Um, and when I, the school that I was in was just, it was horrific. Like the secondary school I went to, I was like, I'm not oh. learning anything. And I would go to the teachers and I'd be like, could I learn this? And they'd be like, no. And this is pre the internet. So it's not like I could self teach myself. The only access I had at that time were books and I can't read. Right. So oh, no. I had no access to find out like, where do I even get these audio books? Because they just, it just didn't exist. So once I left school, I went into working in special needs because somebody had a very limiting belief as to what I could do. So when I went for my careers um, class, this uh, our careers teacher was not, you know, not the greatest at pushing people in careers. So to give an example of the class that I was in, the majority of people in the class wanted to be unemployed so that they could just like on benefits or welfare government assisted. The girls, all the girls wanted to be pregnant so that they would get a house. Mm. There was a couple of people wanted to be like footballers. One guy, one, one person wanted to be a cleaner. That was his career. He wanted to be a cleaner in the local shopping center. Then somebody wanted to be a um, drug dealer and he said, well, where would you get the money for your drugs? And he said, well, I would claim benefits, pretend I lost them, get the money for that. And then I would get my first round of drugs and then that would be fine. So he actually said to him, well, to me, that sounds like you've got a business brain. Would you not use that for a more credible job type thing? great answer yeah you know really on the ball you've got a business brain you've got you've you've, you've figured it out but do something legal yeah. so then he came to me and I've just explained to you the round of the class that you know so then it comes to me and I said well actually I'm struggling a little bit I don't know whether I want to be an actor a teacher an interior decorator or a tv presenter but that that is kind of where I where I'm at I'm at a careers class. Mm-hmm. You're the careers teacher. Could you help me hone my skills? Right. So yeah. He laughed like oh. horrific and threw his head back in the chair and his hands were on his stomach. Oh. And the whole class were like looking around at me. And I was like, I don't know why this is. And I'm so embarrassed because I also had an awful time at school. So this was just like another, I shouldn't be like, I'm just totally in the wrong place. These are just not, 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 not my people. So yeah. instead of going, well, here is somebody that I can work with. He was like, here is something that I've never come across. So I'm just going yeah. to, I'm going to alienate this because it's not like, let, let's work against it, you know? So um, instead of going kids, here is actually how you plan out a career. Let's home in on where are your strengths? What, what, what are you good at? Do you, do you even like wallpaper? Do you know anything about interiors? It was like, you're just stupid because you have, And his his words were, people like you need to have realistic expectations in life. So what is it that you want to do? And I was like, "Um, maybe work in special needs. (laughs) So I ended up working in special needs, which was an amazing gift because then my mum worked in special needs and I learned how to, you know, communicate with everybody on every spectrum. So then whenever I left there and I went into performing arts and then from that I moved into cosmetics and I was the first ever male working on a cosmetics counter. And then I went very quickly from part time to like full time to doing all of the training around the UK um, and Ireland. And I worked for Benefit Cosmetics and they had this slogan for all the staff. It was like, 
It's the benefit way of working. So the benefit way of doing this, the benefit way of doing that. And then they changed it slightly to there is the benefit way and then there's the Marcus way. And if you can do it the Marcus <laughs> way, we don't quite know what the Marcus way is. And that, honestly, that time, I didn't quite know what the Marcus way was as well. But whenever I took over running accounts and stores, they were like ridiculously successful and all the girls wow. on my team just flew and you know got promoted and did amazing jobs and still to this day and I see some of them now and they still credit their their work ethic to, to that so then I didn't quite know what that was that I had done and then I worked for 10 years running a cosmetics um cancer charity um and then I went from that and in between doing that I was buying and selling houses these are all things that I didn't need to really be able to read or write I just had to know how to talk and then make people you know buy into whatever it was I'm was either selling or doing. And the main thing that I always taught the girls was don't ever sell anybody anything that doesn't suit them because they'll never come back. Make them feel a million dollars and they will come back every time because they'll buy that experience that, you know, this person genuinely cares. Absolutely. And they're not just, they've got blue eyeshadow and they're selling the blue eyeshadow because they've got an overstock of it. And I, I, whenever we had like key things like that, I always said to the girls, if it suits them, sell it. If it doesn't, don't. But I've kind of worked that mantra in. It's always the other person front and center. So for 20 years, 23 years now, I've been working as a drag queen. So that has always been the front and center of, you know, people have always been the front and center. Then I moved from that into um, working in the BBC, where even with very limited education. I managed to get in through the back door and I um, I just thought if they see me, all they need is to see me because once they see me, they'll get it. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. So I was dressed in press Aww. and this is the, the, you, who you are and who you show up as is who people are buying and seeing. So if you're somebody mm -hmm. that people go, oh my God, who is that? Like, and I, I'm, dressed like little Lord Fauntleroy, you know what I mean? I had cravats and, <laughs> you know, like blazers and waistcoats and all, but that's just how I dress anyway. And I'm in this striped top because spring, summer, I do nautical, autumn, winter, I do country gent, right? It's just, it works. And then I, yeah. then I never have to think, but it's, it's a, it's a difference between style and fashion. I would be stylish, but my style will never go out of fashion because it always works for me. So all of these little things that were happening that people were going, who is this person? Do I need to know who this, who they are? And there was times I was working on shows, even just as a runner. And the guest thought I was the presenter <laughs> and asked the presenter to make the tea. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not the presenter. Why do you think the presenter would be doing all the booking and organizing? And yeah, so I moved from that. You're just multi-talented. So I, I know. Um, so I moved from that and then I started working in um, leadership and personal development and, and branding. And I worked with some really big companies because they liked what I had done on other events. They'd seen me work in other events. And then a company called Create Express were like, um, we want you to come and do lots of work for us. So that more work came from that. And that's how I progressed up that ladder. And then obviously self-education, I have done an awful lot from my from my left school um, because I can do it at my own pace and within my own skill set. So audio or visual or, or, or whatever. And then 
it wasn't really until the last sort of maybe seven or eight years then, you know, and I always was aware of like, there's the Marcus way versus the benefit way. And what was that? And why were my teams always so successful? And what is it whenever I'm speaking to people that I'm doing that's making their a shift in them. And I never really put the pieces together because I never really sat down and thought about it because when you're in your own world and your own life, it just happens. So like my dad, I made a documentary about my dad when I worked in the BBC because he, he was the head of physical education in a prison called the Maze Prison, which held all the political prisoners Mm. in Northern Ireland during the Troubles. And it was the most dangerous prison in Europe. But when I had explained to him that I wanted to make this documentary about him, because long story short, he left there, went, it closed because of the peace process. He went to Africa, was working out there with the UN, got malaria, almost died. While he's on his life support, both sides of the community, Catholic and Protestant, reached out to mum to say if he needed any help then. So that made me think, well, what did he do that made both sides reach out? So that's kind of where the documentary came from. And when I explained this to him that I wanted, he was like, why would you want to make a documentary about me? And I was like, because you don't get it. So we don't get and understand our lives because we live it. The wonderful thing is if you can reflect back and go, well, what were the steps that this, then that's how you progress it um, forward. So I've done so much work around neuroplasticity and um, cognitive behavior and how do we recreate things. And I used to be a lot heavier and I could never lose weight. And then I figured out the science of why I wasn't losing weight. And once I understood the science of it, then I, I, once I understand the science of anything, I get it. It's when people, when people go, you do this, you do that, you do the other, but why am I doing that? Tell me why I'm doing it. Then I'll, then I'll, then I'll figure it out. Yeah. So for example, for every five grams of carbohydrate you take, your body turns that into five grams of sugar. Sugar is an energy and your body stores it. So actually when that whole low carb thing, the science behind that is it turns into sugar and it stores in your body, goes back to Neanderthal days. So once yeah. I figured out how the brain works and neuro, uh, neuro, new neuro pathways and, and quantum physics and how all of that is becoming a science and how all that is coming in. So it's really easy to reprogram your brain, it's just a very difficult thing to do. It's easy to do it. It's a difficult thing to actually yeah. um, put through because our brains and the science behind it is our brains does everything in its power to keep us safe. If our brains could keep us in a cave, mm-hmm. in a darkened room, it would be like, <laughs> we've done it. You know, no threat. Yes, We're fine. Done. We're surrounded by <laughs> But then we uh-huh. change something. We get up and we go and we go, oh, what's this? We don't want to do that. So that is why <laughs> it is so yeah. difficult to create change. It's so difficult to go on that diet or start the new job or write the book or do whatever because our brain says, don't do that right now. We'll, it makes a deal with us and it says um, tomorrow. Tomorrow never comes whenever it comes to the brain. But Tomorrow. what happens is when you say to when you get to 11 o'clock and you've had your 11s and you've realized that you had a snack that you were meant to be on a diet and you go, oh, right, I'll start tomorrow. When your when your brain makes that <laughs> that connection and goes, great, whatever the new changes that we're we're saying, we'll do that tomorrow. It releases um, these amazing dopamines and endorphins that rushes through mm. your body the same mm. like if you had a cigarette or a some that takes drugs gets that high 
And then you go, ah, great, I'm relaxed. So I can continue on throughout my day. Then whenever it comes to tomorrow and I'm meant to be starting the diet and you're going to bed and you're like, diet's going to start tomorrow. This is going to be great. Then you wake up and it does something. (laughs) Your brain does something somewhere to make you go, no, let's do it tomorrow. And then a week passes, a month passes, a year passes, five years passes, and you haven't even lost a pound. So when you figure that out and you know how to counterbalance that with um, familiarity, once your brain, it just likes familiarity. The key thing about your brain is that it does not know the difference between a good thought, a negative thought, or an in-between thought, right? It's data that we're giving it. So our brain is our best and our worst friend at exactly the same time. If I type something into uh, a, a computer and I'm typing, you know, a lovely love message and, oh, I love you so much and, you know, peace, love and sit on a rock and cross your leg and namaste, girl. And then I, in the next (laughs) picture I send could be like a very negative political thing where I'm trying to get people to fall on board for some kind of like hate speech. The computer just sends out both images. It doesn't know that this one's good and one's bad and our brain's exactly the same. So when our brain is wired and the familiarity and the safety of familiarity is this negative mindset, then it keeps us in it. And then you've got the law of attraction and um, quantum physics and the vibration that we're putting out is this negative connotation that this is not going to work out. Nothing's good for me. I'm fat. I'm ugly. I'm stupid. I never get the right guy. I never get the right girl. I hate my job. Everybody hates me. Then this is all the energy that you're putting out in the world. And then this is what you're sucking back in. So in my my coaching work and the work that I do as a coach, not only do I work on the individual as as a normal coach would do. My big thing is that I get them into high frequency um, meditations and changing there. So even when I'm coaching someone, I have high vibrational frequency music playing in the background because without them even realizing, I'm tweaking their their frequency that, that they are putting out and then they jump on the bed and then they become superhuman. And the results of stuff that I have got with my with my clients through that is like the only way you can say it is magic. But there is a science behind it. But for the ordinary everyday person, it is it is a magic. So we are trained in this negative thought process and it's in there and it's in there and then we don't get out of it. As soon as we shift to like a positive and a more friendly way of speaking about ourselves, then that's our familiar brain waves and patterns and the new um, pathways that we've created. So our brain just stays in that. Our brains completely forget that we had negative ones because it's familiar in the good and the new. So it stays there. Yeah. Well, how do we so disrupt very, it? It's very, it's, it's, it's easy and it's not at the same time. The easiest way to do it is just to constant, like it's a really like anything. If I went to the gym and I wanted a six pack, I would have to do sit ups and pull ups and diet and, and work on, on put in the work. Got to put in so the work. You've got to stay conscious of your thoughts. Now, your thoughts naturally drift, but when you become cognitive, yes, of they do. You're trying to change your thoughts, just like I could accidentally eat the snack at the buffet table and then realize I'm on a diet and then only eat half of it because I've just remembered that I'm on a diet. So that's fine. You put it back down, you go, that's great. I'll go to the salad part. Grand. You've made the change. It's the same with your thoughts. When the negative things start to come in, you start to change them. And when 
a, a, a good nighttime and morning routine is the best way to completely recalibrate your um, your way of thinking because you're falling asleep thinking in a positive and a good um, habit formation. Then whenever your brain recal- recalibrates everything that went through the day, the strongest wave pattern that has just happened is the last stuff that you've been thinking about. Then whenever you wake up and you stay in that vibration, you stay in that thought process of, I'm grateful for the life that I have. I'm grateful for this bed that I am in. I love the life that I'm living. I, Even though my partner snores, I love the fact that I have someone next to me. Or if you're like <laughs> me, I'm single and I'm like, I love that I can starfish in my own bed. <laughs> be grateful for whatever right yeah your brain goes oh this is this is our formatting so this Mm. is our formatting then throughout the day whenever you you hear the negativity starting to come in you clock it and then you you change it and what I always tell people to do is say for example you and I were were chatting in this here and then negative thoughts start coming in I could just literally change my screen to something else Look, look at something else, come back to whatever we are um, talking about. But then you don't realize that I have that I have done something different. But I have purposely every time a negative thought has come in, I have done something that has interrupted my thought process. So should that be getting up and even just walking over to the corner of the room and looking out the window and opening the window and closing it again? Yeah. You've done something that's so random that your brain goes, I don't know what this is. But then you go back yeah. to thinking about something better, and then what, what? that completely <laughs> in, it completely uh-huh. interrupts it. So that's how you then get into the frequency of that that's kind of the long and short of it um but it's it's been yeah Yeah. and I try to make everything as as easy as possible for people to understand because the thing is I've come from a background where I have had to figure it all out for myself and people speak to you like you're an expert and you know I don't know the whole ins and outs but I do know how to tell people um you know in an easy way that's going to be palatable for the for the average everyday person because you know knowledge is power sometimes people can stand up and give this huge lecture at a university and everyone goes oh yes I got that and I'll write that down I'm like I don't know what the fuck they're saying (laughs) do you know what I mean I have no idea what (laughs) well knowledge (laughs) does not equal understanding right you understand it which is nice is like filter that down to everyone because you know why how amazing would it be because it's like a ripple effect once everyone's on the same page and people are living in a, in a, a state of happiness and joy. And I'm not, I get that yeah. life happens to people. But here is a great example of, I ha, I do like vision boarding and things, but my main work is life as a life strategist, right? So here I am, I want this dream life and the dream house and the dream whatever. And then people are like, if I stick it on a postcard in the spare bedroom and I look at it, that's all I need to do. That is like, that's the smallest percentage because you kind of then have to work backwards. So you're here and you're unemployed and you want the the dream house in Malibu. How are we getting from, how are we getting from A to W in like, in like (laughs) two moves, right? So you kind of have to figure out who you need to become and who you are to do what you need to do. What is the, what's the path Mm. that you need to take? Who do you need to meet? Who do you need to become? What job do you need to get? What alignment do you need to have? How do you spot the people who are, because the universe will start to 
throw the right people in your way. You need to identify and clock it and go, right, this person. I, it was so strange. I was talking about opening um, a hairdresser's and this guy just came that I hadn't seen from school for years. And he came around the corner and he said, oh, my God, Julie, what about you? Um I heard you want to do hairdressing. I have a wee unit that, you know, the hairdresser came in for two weeks, left. I don't know where they are. If you want the lease, it's yours. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So there you are, Julie. There you go. Out of nowhere, here is this, you know, so clocking things like that. Another way of keeping your brain in the right habit formation is when stuff like that happens, saying thank you, going Thank you, universe. Thank you, whoever. Mm-hmm. And then Gratitude. your brain goes, ah, oh, this is a this is positive reinforcement as to this is what we're looking for. We need to find more of this. And it works the opposite way. If you live in a state of, I never have enough. This is terrible. Life is terrible. Guess what? Life is going to be terrible. And when a terrible things happen, you go, see what I said? That's why my life is so terrible. So I had done this thing where I wanted to... Um, own a luxury car outright and I wanted to be flown around the world and as myself and I just wanted to be booked for me to be me doing me right and I do I've I've worked across so many fields in my life that I get calls quite regularly um so it came it was coming up to um Christmas and I thought I'm gonna buy myself I had this opportunity again out of nowhere to buy a Land Rover um, evoke outright. And I was like, I'm doing it. The money is in the bank. I am, let's get it done, dusted. But with Brexit and everything like that over here, it, um, it took ages for it to arrive. And then when it did arrive, it was in a backlog of getting checks and everything. So it didn't arrive until shortly after my 40th birthday. But in from just before my 40th birthday and then a couple of weeks after that, I got booked for San Francisco where I was to go over and be me and give a talk and do everything on the uh, work that I was that I was doing here. Then I was booked for London and um, to work on an, an event, then taking that event from London to San Fran- or London to Toronto. And then I went um, two weeks later from there, from London to uh, from Belfast to London for me to do another um, diversity and inclusion event that and in person that I'd all done online. So here was here in the space of a window, my there car came out right and I had five trips booked and for just me being me because pre that wow. I'd always been, you know, <laughs> it was had been a sales company or somebody wanted me to go and make the money or I, if I didn't make enough money, then my, my, you know, my trip wasn't, wasn't good enough for them. Whereas here the alignment just came up. And when you, when you work on divine timing, there is no time limit. So you just kind of have to put it out there and be like, it'll come whenever it's ready. You know, it's like, it's like cooking a baby, you know, you've got a rough idea that it's going to come around this stage. It could come <laughs> a month early, two weeks early. It could be two, mm-hmm. two, yeah. And then whenever comes that happens, when it it is, it's ready to rock and roll. <laughs> so that's kind of how, how it works. And then I went, here is proof exactly right what I'd written up, yeah. up on my board. It was 18 months from thinking about it to it actually coming. But here, this is right in front of me. And everything I was booked for, I was booked for me to be me. No other reason. 
you know, so that is kind of, so a lot of the, so I do a lot of work in and around that. And I explain to people, this is what you do. Like it is this, my tagline is change your thoughts, change your vibes to change your life because that's it. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Yeah. So with the, you mentioned the work. So what are some of your products and services for our listeners? Speaking of your work. So my par- products and services are People can Zoom with me, which is great. Um, if you live in Northern Ireland, you can come for um, treatments as well. I also do the guided meditations for people um, over the, if I'm, if I'm working with them on Zoom. What I do here is they will be wrapped in a, a weighted blanket. Um, obviously I can't do a weighted blanket with the, if they're, if they're on, on zoom. Um, but that is, that's one of the, the, the differences I'm currently fin- just finishing off a free handout for people. So if anybody wants this, if they, if they want to, um, contact me, I will happily send it out to them. It's like a, it's a 20 page guide on basically just how, how you make it all happen oh, nice. from your morning routine to your thought, your thought processes. And I'm giving it away for free and it's not a funnel. It's not like a, here's this little tidbit and then here's a 10,000 pound program. <laughs> I'm just going, do you know what? Here is in a summary, if you do nothing else, this is enough to, to make great change in your life. And it's my gift to the world. Oh, and so um, either through Instagram or LinkedIn, people can contact you. Yes, they can. They they can get me there, and I'm literally, believe it or not, the only Marcus Hunter Neil in the world. So a Neil is spelled N E L. Yes, we'll make sure and put that in the show notes. Cool. Yes. So I I hate to ask because we're towards the end. I mean, I mean, I don't hate to ask the question. I hate that it's ending. Yes. But what is your final piece of advice for our listeners? My final piece of advice is give yourself a break. Okay, because you're doing the best that you can do with the knowledge that you have and build on your strengths and what you can physically do and achieve. We put ourselves under so much pressure to do so much because we think other people can do this or this is what other people expect. If you start falling in love with yourself, this is one of the big things. This is the first thing that I teach in any of my in any of my things is how to wholeheartedly fall in love with yourself first and be your own wingman. So when you give yourself a break, life becomes so much bigger, so much easier. And then all the BS from everybody else, it just kind of like dissipates um, like mist in the air. Oh, I love it. Oh, and thank you so much for spending your time with us today, Marcus. This oh my has goodness. been Thank amazing. you for having me. If you'd like to learn more about Marcus Hunter Neal, connect with him on LinkedIn. Christina delivers her speeches to diverse global industries on a variety of topics. You can learn more about booking her for your event at ChristinaEans.com.